In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning in to In The Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and today our special guest is Goddess Jackson. Um, Her business is consulting and it's called Gadfly Consulting, LLC. Uh, Please, Goddess, introduce yourself. Hi, Flo. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I started Gadfly Consulting, we're a management consulting firm, and we focus on helping people align their strategy, operations, and culture with their vision. So our slogan is, someday begins today, because oftentimes we think that the ideal realities and the big ideas that people have, they want to put off for some future state. So it's very easy to find ourselves living in a, a perpetual hopeful state, where we're always hoping that things will get better, but we want that day to begin today. Right on. Um, do people, when they're trying to start out how do you suss that out how do you know like they need strategic planning or business process design or do they tell you all the time yeah people might not know as a early stage company right now we're still trying to define our audience so what we've learned is that it's hard to kind of define who our target audience is by using conventional terms like mature Um, but we do want to focus on people who just have a strong sense of themselves or who have a conviction and a bias towards immediate action Um, so if you really are able to understand and articulate a problem to us and be able to say like okay I know there has to be something better than what we're currently doing or I have this goal and I need to reach it and I want to reach it sooner rather than later those are our clients Um, and it starts always with the conversation to figure out like tell us about yourself tell us about why did this become a problem how did you notice this problem how is this problem impacting you and then trying to figure out like what resources do you have and how do we get started right on so uh before we started recording you happened to mention that you're like documenting your day so um what has that been like being in Maine tell us about that Being in Maine is interesting. So I'm originally from Louisiana, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's similar. It's also on the coast. Um, It has its own version of seafood. Um, It's a very small, big town at the same time. So I think population-wise, it's probably a decent size, but it definitely is very easy to get to know people, get to know the who's of who, and you start to run in the same circles. Um, And so I definitely have found that in Maine, which in some ways has been you know, it can be uh, very interesting. Um, you get to know people really well. You get to know some people who you might want not want to know really well as well. Um, but you also get a lot of that sense of community. And I will say, people here are very friendly, um, and it's been it's been nice. Like starting to meet people has been hard, but once you kind of get the hang of you know where everyone's hanging out and who's who and what people you need to meet, um, those people usually turn out to be pretty cool. Right on. 
Um, I feel real old. I don't know where to hang out. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, has there been a particular spot? I know you're not a big beer drinker, so yeah, it's not breweries for sure. Where am I hanging out <laughs> right now? Honestly, um, shout out to Ebenezer and his spot on Washington Ave. Um, I think, like, what's right here? Fourth Street. Yeah, his spot at the top of 4th Street and Washington Ave. Um, it's kind of the place or just his workshop. So I think right now it's just been hanging out at friends' houses, inviting people to my house. Um, there are events around town that are put on by like other um, people in town. And so we go there and then usually just end up hanging out afterwards being like, okay, the event was supposed to end at 8, but in typical fashion, we're there until 9, 10. And then after that, it's like, okay, we need to eat. We need to go or just hang out at a bar or go to someone's house. Um, so I will say it's been pretty cool though to watch especially in the spaces that I'm in with entrepreneurs and artists to see their dreams come alive in their spaces and just to stay up to 2 a.m. or 12 a.m. at someone's workshop and just kind of hang out while they build and do their process. Um, so those have been spaces that I've really found community in. Right on. Is that what brought you to Maine? Did you know that there is this active, vibrant people of color, community, entrepreneurship happening? No, not at all. I feel like most people coming to Maine, or at least for myself, I, I moved up here for a corporate job and I was like, send me anywhere. Send me, don't send me to Maine. Send me anywhere. They have an office in the UK. They have a bunch of offices in the South. And I was like, keep me there. Um, keep me close to home. And they called and they're like, goddess and as soon as they said that I knew like I could just tell the tone of voice she didn't want to say you know what she what she had to tell me but then she was, was like we have to break it to you you know you're going to Maine and I was like ah um, but it's, it's been a good surprise um, it definitely hasn't been a bad horrible experience it's been an adjustment like always but um, you, you find your ways into it so you came for a job so you didn't actually like say yeah i'm going to maine like they were like hey you're going to maine yeah um and you have your own business now would you consider this like a, a side hustle or maybe just maybe you want to talk about side hustle culture that seems to be very prominent these days yeah uh so i started last year kind of feeling like okay at the by the end of 2021 i really want to incorporate i want to get my own business i want to make it official and then i found myself not doing that at, by the end of 2021 but then um over this past year since i moved up here in may of 2021 i've essentially been working as an independent contractor for the entire year and so even looking at that and kind of sensing how that feeling that i initially had was preparation for what was to come um and so hustle culture for me and i think uh, coming from more of a corporate economy and now coming back to like exploring what it means to be an artist to be a creative to be an entrepreneur and find myself in this space it it's hard and I think that that's something that we don't talk about but that's also a shift in the work culture is that as we start to move especially with entrepreneurship and startups they leverage contract workers a lot even corporate spaces leverage contract workers a lot but what does that mean for those people to be able to provide a living for themselves to be able to provide health care and benefits and not have it be so expensive even though the work can sometimes be inconsistent um, it's a hard place to find yourself in, but it's working out right now, so we're grateful for that. But it is something that structurally our society has to start to think about. It's like, how do we make a place for everyone? And how do we build this in and recognize this as, a, as not just side work, but as a legitimate way of earning income? Have you thought about that? Like some of the ways, like what you would do to tell these companies to leverage their people in a way that 
they can afford benefits? Yeah. Um, I'll say this and then you can edit it. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I'll just say, okay, so at one of my former employers, um, one of the projects that I actually led under their strategy division was investigating the future of work. Um, so this is one, uh, a prominent quasi-government institution and uh, they actually have the power to kind of do something with this information. And so as I reflect back on this now, like two, three years later, um, I'm thinking like, wow, I was really ahead of the curve there. Um, we started off by doing focus groups with the interns and just kind of seeing what college students were thinking about the working conditions and the environments and that translated to my own interpretation of that data and actionable steps for how that organization could respond and take action on that information. One of the things I remember thinking about is that one, as someone who grew up low income and then constantly finds myself navigating different environments, whether that be having to go through job changes or having to move and relocate, having stable health care is so important and so having health care that's independent of a job is vital and I think that's something that our country has to begin to look at. I think other things that also impacted this is just hiring people for them and so I really excelled at this company for the time I was there because I was given the freedom to receive my paycheck from my team that had hired me and so they were signing off but in terms of the work I was doing I was doing cross-functional work between different groups in the organization and so I really enjoyed being able to see what projects caught my interest and how my talents aligned to be able to support the company overall and so I think when we begin to hire people for people and not just people for jobs and roles um, that that allows us more ability to take advantage to retain top talent because it's easy to get bored and feel like you've outgrown a role um, and it allows for more uh, lateral movement I guess within the organization to just be able to move around as you see fit. Right on, hiring people for them. Yeah. That's a groundbreaking concept. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah. yeah. No, but it is. People think about the job description and they just yeah. want to build that. Right. So, very non-personal. Yeah, and I think that's something that even now as I start to build this business, that's something I think about is learning how to define myself, learning how to talk about the clients that I want and just trying to be as authentic and real with myself as I can. Um, because I think that the messaging and the branding that we put out there, it definitely reflects. So I think about that um, when people talk about code switching uh, and people talk about, like you said, trying to fulfill a job uh, description. And so you go into those interviews with a particular image of who they might want and who they have in mind for what their ideal candidate is. And yeah, if you, you can talk like that, you can list your experiences in terms of that. And then when you get hired for, for it, you're like, this doesn't fit me, but that's because you weren't yourself all along. So what does it look like to to really set up your employer, to set up your friends, to set up your clients in a position to choose to be with you for who you are from the get-go? And so that's something that I think about a lot and try to embody in my own life. Right on. And uh, you did mention that with marketing, you're figuring out who you're trying to market to. Um, so far, do you have a rough idea of like who that client is? Yeah, uh, as I've mentioned, I definitely think it's some, um, it really just starts with a strong sense of self. So in my personal life, it begins with introspection, like just recognizing where I'm at today, because I think that's the basis for our goals. Um, I personally say that our company specializes in the art of being and not becoming, because a lot of people have those aspirations, they have those hopes, and so it's a constant journey of, oh, well, we're becoming better, we're becoming better, we're becoming this. And for me, it's like, but I'm being better. Like, how am I being better right now? And so, especially in the work of strategy, when you're thinking about long-term visions, you're thinking about five-year plans, you have to somehow translate to your employees how that starts today. And so if you think about the art of being versus becoming, then it makes it a lot easier to say like, okay, if I wanna be kind, for example, that's not something I have to wait five years to become. That's something that I can make a choice right now to do. So if someone, if someone takes my parking space, 
I can say, you know what, maybe that person needed it, or I can be like, darn it, now I have to go park like all the way at the other end of the parking lot. And so just those small choices, right? Like as we make those choices, that eventually becomes habits, and those habits eventually feed into who we are. And so I think it starts with just those small changes day to day, whether that be corporate or in our personal life, that help us embody the state of being. So it starts with introspection, knowing where we are today, so we know how we can start, um, having an idea of where we want to go. And I think the main thing when it comes to developing those habits is understanding why they're important. And so if you start with, not only do I want to be kind, but I know why. I know I want to be kind because people haven't been kind to me. I know why I want to accomplish this corporate milestone because that, that's what my company needs to go to the next level. Um, and so when you understand that why, it's something to, to hold you accountable, to keep you on track, and to help you persevere in those tougher times. Um, and make the work seem seem like there's a purpose behind it because some days we can get lost in that, like, oh, I'm doing all these things, but does it really matter? Um, and so starting with introspection, starting with understanding your why, and then having just that clear goal um, for directional reasons of where you want to go. So to, it's, it's hard to say, you know, like who that is, but I do think that there are people out there who are starting to answer some of those questions. Right on. Um, I know, so you have today off? Off. <laughs> it's a strong word. Um, <laughs> Today and every day, I think, is a flexible day, but it's really a day of just saying like what's important and choosing priorities every day. I think conversations where people can learn from one another um, are really important to me. Um, being able to just enjoy life is also really important to me. And I'll tell my friends like, if you nine times out of ten, if you ask me what I'm doing, I'm going to say nothing. Um, and that's just because with if it comes work time and there's hard deadlines, which there rarely ever are, then I'm down, my head's down doing my work, and I'm focused. But then outside of those hard deadlines, everything else is flexible. Oh, I know I made plans to go to the grocery store at 6, but like, eh, it's 7, it's 8, I can go tomorrow, it's going to be there, it's fine. Um, and I also think that's a way of balancing stress, work-life balance, is you understand what's important, what has to get done, but eventually you realize there's very few things that have to be done, according to our time schedules. Right on. Um, are you a, this made me think, like, are you a Pisces? Yes. Ah, <laughs> called it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, March um, Pisces. Yeah, March as well. Um, yeah, I kind of felt that vibe. So I myself am taking like the summer off, and I, I I've never had the, the summer off. I feel like since I was a child, like yeah. I almost don't know what to do myself do with myself. But be reflective and really think about my whys and my intentions, and make sure my dogs have a great day, yeah. <laughs> or at least a big great morning, and then they exactly. sleep all day. So um, it's nice to hear you say about being flexible. Um, in this time of being flexible, have you like picked up like a hobby or an interest, or what have you learned about being in Portland? Yeah, I, I was reflecting, I guess, this past week, and I know that there was this group of vloggers on Facebook, and it was called, like, the Yes Theory, and so they just would go around asking random people, like, hey, do you want to go on a flight with us here? And they would be at the airport, so people have already packed their bags, or maybe they're just out in town, and they're like, you know, can you leave your job and, like, come here? And so it was just about the power of saying yes and all the craziness they would get into. Obviously, there's privileges and things that, that make those things more feasible for certain people rather than others, but yeah, I was just thinking about that. And thinking about how so many really amazing experiences I've had just this past week alone have been have been just because I said yes. Like one of them started with a friend getting back into town, and he's always like, "Okay, what's the next move?" Um, even before he lands, and so he got back, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm trying to figure out how to plan. I know you like, are, do, are you gonna need food? Are you gonna need to go anywhere? Are you really like pick me up and take me home?" Um, so that was the plan. We we, we picked him up and we took him home. Um, 3 a.m. was the time later and we're like okay just now getting home and so just the power of saying yes and just being flexible has led to really amazing experiences and there's all sorts of 
interesting people in Portland um, to meet. Uh, yeah, and you just kind of got to find, find your crowd and find the people who make saying yes possible, make it safe to do so, and then make it rewarding as well. I like that you said make it safe to do so. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's important. Don't get into a lot of things happen at Ethereum, but say, say yes and be safe. Yeah, trust your gut, yeah. I always say. Um, so we talked a little bit about Gadfly Consulting. Um, I think we could probably talk more about that. Um, what do you want people out there to know about your business? Yeah. Um, my business is really interested in working with the visionaries and the people who feel crazy, you know? Like, feel like, wow, I'm looking for that person to, to believe in me. Um, and I say that because it's hard. And I, I, it was actually really interesting. I was cleaning out some of my old paperwork that I've kept, and I saw one of my performance evaluations from a former employer, and it said that some of the areas that I needed to work on was balancing the ideal with the reality. And I'm like, this is something apparently I've been struggling with for a while now. And I think that that's for me because I don't get why they're different. Like, I, I really don't. And so I think that when we start to build these environments and with all the experiences I've had from, you know, seeing society at its lowest, as I can say, all the way up to the tippy top now, I understand that everything starts with choice. And, uh, and that these things are, we, we can lose ourselves in thinking about systems, and, but systems, institutions are all people. Um, and so we have to say like, who are the people that are upholding this? What choice do they make every day? Not what choice are they gonna make five years from now? What choice are they making today? And understanding that, you know, if people focus more on the state of being, on the choices they make every day, these things would change to some degree um, over time, or at least we could create new, we could create new systems and new institutions. Um, and so, yeah, when I, I think about that and I think about how they would say, right, like in the workplace, oh, well, work-life balance, but then they're always like, well, you need to prioritize the company's um, needs, you know, we want employees who are self-starters, who can work with little direction, who can work with a bunch of ambiguity, like we just want to make the money, but we don't want to have to give you any structure whatsoever, we just kind of want you to figure it out, but then if you don't figure it out, there's consequences for that as well, and if you don't figure it out fast enough or all the time, like so many ways that you're unsupported, um, and then, or they promise you things, so especially being like a black woman in the workforce, they can promise you this diverse and inclusive environment, and you get there, and you're like, what is this <laughs> you know like is this the same flyer I got is this the same fireside chat I went to like who are these people um, and I think that for me my issue has never been accepting people where they are it's been the hypocrisy it's been the gaslighting in those environments of just don't promise me just don't promise it to me you know um, and it kind of reminds you of a friend who was like oh you know what I'll pick you up from the airport yeah 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 you never ask but they say it and then they don't show up and it's like, well, why? Like, I was perfectly fine getting an Uber. I had figured, I would have figured out other plans. Like, I didn't even ask you to do this. So why would you go out of your way to set up this expectation just to let me down, just to not hold yourself accountable? Um, so I think that in my own personal experiences, that's how this company came about. It's constantly struggling to say like, am I the problem or am I the drama? Or are they the drama? Um, and figuring out. And then I think that there's other people out there. I think watching movies, uh, my influences come from everywhere. So watching movies like, is it everything, everywhere, all at once? Um, and my first reaction was like, how? <laughs> how are there other people in this wave of consciousness? And who are they? Where are they? Like, I need to meet them. Um, and so, yeah, like, thinking about this company is really for those people who just who feel crazy, who feel lost, who feel like that ideal and that reality is not lining up. Like, there has to be something more to life than this, because this is not it, <laughs> at least for me. And so there has to be something more, something more fulfilling, something where, um, at least from a spiritual sense, too, I think that for me, God is where everything exists in harmony. And so right now the world tells us like, you can't have peace, you can't have love, like work-life balance is a constant, in, constantly in flux. And I'm like, no, there exists a place where 
everything can have its purpose and everything can be in balance. And so trying to help those people who believe that as well, like how do we get, whether that be, um, I guess I should add leadership development, but whether that be just the company itself or the leaders within it, how do we find that balance? I love that you're such a deep thinker. I uh, really appreciate all your thoughts and it has me thinking about like, oh, like I should be thinking more. <laughs> um, so it sounds like you've had these thoughts for a very, very long time. You were gonna do the LLC at the end of 2021, but you basically did because it's barely 2022 when you think about it. Yeah. So um, it sounds like you're on track for what you've been putting together. Um, where do you see your company in the next five years? In the next five years, wow. Um, I'm gonna answer honestly. Like right now I have no long-term goals. I have no long-term plans. And I think part of that is just going with the flow of being able to be responsive and adaptive. It doesn't mean there's not things I'm thinking about. And I think that those things are just more aligned with who I wanna be as opposed to what I wanna do. Um, I think that started initially uh, in, maybe like 2018, 2019, about. Um, I went to college for politics and economics, and then I kept sensing like this isn't it. Um, and it wasn't so much that I didn't like those subjects anymore. I just didn't see myself included in the spaces. I didn't find myself learning and talking about the ideas that engaged me. I found myself taking a lot more courses in everything else. So religious studies, organizational behavior, psychology, art and theater, um, English. And so I really just wanted to say like, how do I still get to take all the classes that I want, talk about all the ideas that I want and still graduate. Um, that led me to creating my own major called Theater for Social Change. And that was essentially a playwriting thesis. That was the public policy of all of that. So like, how do you take all this information and find a way to communicate it to an audience and create an experience that can be transformative? Um, and I used, I, I wrote a play, but then I also used the research side of it to talk about and investigate the imagination. And so I say now, hindsight, I didn't study based off what I wanted to do. I studied off who I wanted to be. And so I think that this, this, shift in my thinking has kind of started or at least become evident to me in that process and so now it's not so much about what I want to do but it's kind of like okay you wake up each day and you decide who do you want to be who do you want to help um, <laughs> not necessarily even what problems because I think so many problems exist outside myself but what problems within myself and my community and my sphere of influence that I can that I can help so that's the five-year plan <laughs> it starts with me and we'll see we'll see what that leads us to right on it makes me uh, want to say or ask, who do you want to be? Who do I want to be? I just want to be goddess. Uh, as cliche, not cliche as that sounds, I just want to be goddess. I want to be free to be as I experience myself in the moment and have that not influence who I can or can't become in the future. I think this is one of those moments where I'm going to look back in like five years, listen to this podcast, and be like, oh my God, like the young, naive person. Um, or maybe I'll be like, she was brilliant. I don't know. But yeah, I think um, things I'm working on right now, I have a couple of things. It's just being kind. I don't think being kind and being nice are the same thing. So people might meet me and say she's not nice. Absolutely not. I do. I have no allegiance to being nice whatsoever, but I do say being kind. I think being kind honors my boundaries while allowing other people to honor theirs. And that's something that's important to me. I think doing the least amount of harm to myself and others is really important. And I think being accountable is also really important and being honest. And so trying to say like, okay, here's what I can and can't do up front. Here's, you know, um, if plans change, like here's what that expectation shift looks like. And then if I mess up, 
I mean, I have three responses, right? Either I acknowledge that I messed up and I'm sorry and I'm trying to do better and I'm making those steps presently, not like, okay, I'll worry about it next week. Like, no, why did this situation happen? What could I have done differently in this moment? What am I going to go differently in the future? And the future is like one second to me, not necessarily five years. Um, and then saying like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, right? And I disagree. Um, or, and I can live with that. I can live with, unfortunately, it hurts you. I recognize that, but I, it is what it is. Um, or just saying, hey, you know, I recognize that, but where I'm at, I can't, I don't really know what to do with this information. So I can't tell you one way or the other, but I'm sorry for the effects it had on you in the moment, but it's something we gotta sort through. Um, so yeah, so I think that those are kind of my big three right now. And so hopefully that continues and who knows we get added to that. Right on, thank you. Yeah. Um, are you still writing? Oof. Um, I guess how you define writing, huh? Like some people are hesitant to call themselves creatives because they're like, I'm not actively doing it or they have some quantity that they think they should be producing or giving time to it. I think for me, I've been told, right? If you wrote one poem, you're a poet um, kind of a thing. So like if it's something that you enjoy doing and it's something that you do, whatever that looks like for you, then you can claim it. Um, so am I still writing? I guess more so in my head. And there's occasional times I feel like I need to put it in my notes on my iPhone. Now, does that take shape of anything or anything that's worth reading? Who knows, maybe to somebody. Um, so am I still writing? Maybe. A lot of days, it's just a lot of thinking and conversations. But yeah. Right. I mean, you have a degree in basically I know. I writing. Know. I'm um, thinking about it. I'm yeah. thinking about a current concept that I'm trying to figure out how to sell the story. I think that I saw my professor who chaired my thesis um, a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles, and I was just like, thank you so much, because I was so bad. Like, like, I don't know why you guys let me graduate. It, it was terrible. Um, and she's like, no, 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 like, everybody has to start somewhere. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we can be our own harshest critics. Um, but yeah, trying to figure out how to tell the story. So I have the idea, just waiting on it to come together, I guess. You seem like a person who would have multiple ideas, like a notebook that you're just like, yes, yes. Of yes, course, no, of course. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's the thing. It's like, I've learned that you really can't, or at least I believe one way or the other. Um, you can't miss what's for you. So it'll come in the time that it's supposed to come. Um, and I just look at that for everything. Some days it's a motivation to not do anything. Other days it's a motivation to still have a little sense of urgency of like, okay, I finally found that one thing that speaks to me. Let me not miss it. Um, but you can't miss it. Well, thank you so much, Goddess. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Oh, have a sip of your beverage. <laughs> Freshen up. Um, yeah, no, like I've really, I love when people I have on make me think about who I am and what I'm doing and how I'm living my life. And um, you made me think of Drake. He's got this song where I am who I think I am. So. Exactly. exactly. I'll start with the mind. Yeah. So thanks again. Uh, can you tell listeners how they can reach you? What's the plug? Of course. Uh, right now, Gadfly Consulting, you can reach us via email. So our email is info at gadflyconsultingllc.com. And Gadfly is G-A-D-F-L-Y consultingllc.com. So info at Gadfly Consulting LLC. And that'll get you in contact with us. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket 
and give us a follow so you never miss a show.